0: Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual, and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the
1: podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Black Sea in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearsclaw, Morley, and Shunikki. We acknowledge the Satina who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status, and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treated people.
2: Um, Liz, thank you for coming in. All right. And- I'm, I'm so excited. I was telling Darcy beforehand, like, just how, like, I think you're one of the neatest people that I know, but I can't quite put my finger on how, how you're so neat. So now I get to figure out how you're so neat.
0: Okay. <laughs> Be like a figuring out for both that's,
2: of us. Yeah, because it's like, it's all about me, obviously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apparently. <I'm> just, <laughs> I'm on kidding. varying
2: degrees, yes. Yeah, that's right. So Liz, how are you?
0: I'm I'm okay. I'm uh, I'm up and down and all over the place and just kind of mm. figuring shit out all
2: the time. So you're living your life then.
0: Yeah. Right on. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I'm just gonna open the floor for you to share your story however you want, um, but of course along the way I will can I'll ask questions and stuff like that.
0: Okay. Right. Well, this and is like the recovery path, right?
2: So. Yeah. Basically, like and wherever you want to start, you can start. Like if you if, if your childhood was impactful. Start there. It's okay, right? We have all the time we need. Okay. There's no rush, and we can always, you know, um, take a pause if we need to, and you know, have a coffee or something. Do you want a coffee, by the way? I would love a coffee. Right on. Well, then I'll make you a coffee. Well, we well you get started. I'll make you a coffee. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Um.
0: Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my childhood was impactful. Yeah. Um, I've really recently learned that it's. It's kind of, I guess, it's still in the working process of my recovery and stuff like that. So I'm like doing the digging of, of why things affected me and what do I do about it, kind of thing. So, um, in my opinion or perspective of my childhood and life, it's like I, it feels or it seemed back then that I came from like trauma like mm-hmm. a trauma related background i guess like
2: surrounded kind of by fear all the surrounded time surrounded
0: and stuff like that yeah. but like i guess to give the basics um my i'm I'm from calgary so um
2: born well, and raised here
0: born and raised here wow. yeah one of the few
2: you're actually <laughs> but you know what's funny i was gonna say the same thing and then i just remembered like two guests ago they were born and raised here too oh yeah yeah
0: Yeah, there's, there's some of us, there's, we're lurking, lurkers. You're lurking, right on. Um, so yeah, um, so I'm the youngest of five kids, and there's like a generation gap between Mm. me and, uh, my siblings, I guess. So, um, um, yeah, between, so my sister's the oldest, thank you very much. My sister's the oldest, and she's older than me by 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the next, between, the age difference between me and the next sibling, which is me and my brother, he's, uh, 14 years older than me, I think. 14, wow. 13 years yeah. older than me, something like that.
2: That's quite a gap. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, generational gap kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had a trucking company, well known in the city, in the, you know, I guess '60s, early '70s kind of thing. So he worked a lot, and my my mom helped him also. But I didn't really know my mom really well. She was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when before she was mm. pregnant with me, I guess. So. Yeah. And then by the time I came around, um, she was she was quote sick with that. Mm. So. And then I, she went in a nursing home when I was two. Oh. And then, so. Sorry, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been it, as a kid. It was, it was crappy, right? I just. Mm. So. Basically, without going into a ton of detail, like through my own, through my own, uh, work on my mental health and stuff like that. It's like, I think. My dad, my dad came from his own generational trauma, Mm -hmm. and my mom had her own and however that stuff comes into play. Mm -hmm. And then I, I get, I would think that my siblings had both parents when they were growing up and then they got to watch my mom get sick Mm -hmm. and that affected their lives probably. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I don't, I don't think that I had the family dynamic there for, I don't know, for drawing skills, I guess. And Mm. that's, that's kind of where, where I'm, where I'm at with that, I guess. Mm. But I'm not blaming anybody. I mean, that's, Mm. that's just unfortunately the, what, what happened, right? Mm. And, um,
2: yeah, nobody wanted your mom to get sick.
0: No, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, whatever this, like, I've heard many stories from my dad about what his childhood was like, Mm. And so I don't like. I don't think he knew how to be a dad really, because mm-hmm. his his own dad was kind of a kind of a crazy person in mm-hmm. a in a way. Like I mean, they they from immigrant parents, you know, mm-hmm. and they came from Germany or Russia or rather, Germans from Russia or whatever. And so mm-hmm. that's just impactful in a lot of ways. Just a lot mm-hmm. of stuff there, like a yeah. lot of. So, without going too deep, it's just, I think we're all traumatized in a way, and Mm -hmm. I've been working on it, and um, I've encountered some rift with my my siblings Mm. over the years, and it's still currently going on. And what I've discovered recently, as recent as like yesterday, it's like, uh, kind of unintentionally, but... Accidental as I try to figure my way and my side of things and my part in things that I inadvertently make a situation worse by mm. unintentionally tag- antagonizing the situation, mm, right? I it's just, like, just there's there's conflict within the family, and I, I have each part of it in mm. it. And anyway, so yeah, impactful family.
2: <clears throat> well, it's important to take accountability, just. That's yeah, what I'm thinking as you're talking, right? And you're taking it, so.
0: Yeah, I, I try to like I, mm. I see my part, and uh, that that's the best thing about recovery. Like my recovery is mostly AA, I guess. Mm-hmm. I've been to other fellowships, but for the last few years, it's been mostly AA. Mm. But I've done a lot of other stuff as well, and the combination between therapy and NAA and just, I don't know, just being that, uh, I don't know, like the type of personality where I'm actually capable of seeing my part.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not to be all, look at me and all this shit, but mm-hmm. it's just, I can do that. I can see my part and I can see my effect on, it, uh, not right away, but I can see mm-hmm. my effect on other people. It, but
2: Well, and to fully grasp that sometimes, it takes a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: With therapy, I've had to, Mm I've been assessed, I've had, you know, I have ADHD and borderline personality disorder Mm -hmm. and some PTSD from some other trauma stuff that happened. Hey, we share
2: some, we share some stuff. Right on.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yay! Yay!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Let's take joy in our mental struggles. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. but
0: I mean, I mean, in recognizing that stuff, I find it's, it's important to see that. Mm -hmm. And, um.
2: Well, it's very important. It can be like life-altering to ignore it. Yeah. Right.
0: I just know with myself. Um, I can come some come to some pretty deep realizations. In the dark, thinking about myself mm-hmm. and my struggles and why the fuck is all this shit happening? Mm-hmm. To be great, right? but yeah. I mean, it's. It, I don't know. I I just like I could see. I don't know why. Like I've heard, I've learned through friends and stuff with similar thought processes that mm-hmm. you know the you know maybe being able to think differently the the neo what is that word neo-divergence mm-hmm. part of neuro neuro right yeah, yeah I guess of uh, ADHD just because maybe because life circumstances for me when I was a kid the. Regular learning or whatever that people get when they have both parents and Mm -hmm. fun, you know Not, you know less toxic and less traumatic Family dynamic and stuff like that. I mean I've had to learn on my own Mm -hmm. and For some reason I've had this gift of being able to figure shit out right Mm -hmm. and I I'm grateful for that but also living like that not knowing what's going on and then Discovering alcohol and a shit ton of drugs as mm-hmm. coping mechanisms didn't didn't yeah. help me, right? So well, it just, probably helped for a while. Well, it did. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Like I didn't. Yeah. Well,
2: didn't, and you're still alive, so here this is where I'm going, right? Is that those things may have kept you alive for a while, long absolutely. enough, right? Long enough so that you could even pass those things off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't stop because I hated them. That's for sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I loved it. You and I But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, oh, I
2: just hated drinking. (laughs) No, it was killing me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those drugs were like horrible, but, um, I don't know the learning curve, Mm -hmm. but in recovery, um, so I went to rehab. I started, I guess with rehab, I think that's place saved my life. Yeah. I went to a place in BC. Cool. And, um, my, my brother. You can mention it if you want, like. At Cedars yeah, Cedars. Yeah, that's great. You know, Yeah. just, uh, just by Duncan, so.
2: Because you never know, somebody might hear the name and go, I'm going to go to Cedars, right?
0: Could be. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was good when I went there. I, yeah. It was fairly, it was a few years old. It's changed a bit, but I mean, I, some people need to go to rehab. I mean, I mm. needed to be re- rehabilitated back in society because yeah. there's, I was not fit for society. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I started my path there, and, um, I don't know, it's, like, when I, like, I blamed everybody when I was in my addiction. It's like, I oh, fucked this, I blame everybody for, you know, everyone did this to me and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, I can remember, um, it was a private facility, so I, I could go there as wasted as I wanted. I was mm-hmm. pretty high and mm-hmm. everything, and I just remember this, you know, the, our in- the intake was in the in the office and and uh, when I was kinda mellow enough to go interact with other people, like the golf cart ride of shame, they called it, to the houses. <laughs> and I just remember thinking to myself, it's like, okay, I don't know, I don't know if it was a prayer or anything, but I, I just remembered, I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen or what's in store for me, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this, and it seems like I stopped blaming people then and there, and mm. I tried to just take it all in. But like the first, so I was at that place for I think sixty five days, mm-hmm. and the first two weeks were hell, mm. <laughs> you know, like it's like um, the withdrawals from alcohol and. And cocaine and stuff like that. It's mm. just twisted up my head and all that other. Um, post-acute withdrawal syndromes and mm. all this stuff. And I was just really super angry and lashed out at everybody. I just didn't know how to act. And I was like that for, like, probably two years of my recovery. Just, I didn't know. I didn't. I was just, you know, going through the motions. And yeah. I fucking hated everything. but Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't know.
2: So, what was your life like before, like the last, say, ten years before you sobered up? Like, what was life like for you? Or would you rather start from treatment and then move forward? Because that's okay too. We all, we've all heard many stories, but
0: yeah, it, um, it's
2: perfectly all right to 10 tell. Ten
0: years, I guess, before recovery. Like, it's hard to put it in into context, but I like there's a.
2: Maybe I'll ask. There's a massive gap
0: in my 20s that I yeah, just don't <laughs> remember, right? Yeah, so, yeah,
2: fair enough. So, um, I was going to ask if you remembered stuff so, if you was forgetting or just not able to recall. Yeah.
0: Well, there's some there's some stuff like I, uh, um like I progressed, like I started, I'd say like in my earliest childhood, I remember having the occasional drinks of alcohol. My dad, my family liked to entertain and trucking mm-hmm. and whatever. My brothers were older within me than me, and I could recall drinking at a young age. But hey, I'm a hardcore alcoholic at six. I doubt it. But yeah, you know, probably not. It was it was around, and mm-hmm. I and I did stuff. But like, I think I progressed as I binger, and so experimented with like weed and hash and lots of pills and whatever. Mm-hmm. My friends found in the medicine cabinet yeah. their parents and and that stuff but um uh, I don't know and I don't know why i well I don't know why I think there's a lot of stuff that kind of happened in my twenties there was just um i I worked for my for my brother for a lot of years that was uh Fucked on many levels and great on others, you know. And Mm -hmm. then,
2: um, hmm. Yeah, very few things are all bad, right? No, like very few. I think there are some, but
0: I think for the most part. I just need my fidget toy thing. Oh yeah, for sure.
2: (laughs) So the first time you went to treatment, Cedars, did you stay? Did you stay sober after that? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on.
0: I did. I had like.
2: So it was your first go, and you were like, when you came out of there, you were done. Tell tell us about Cedars. Tell us about that journey. Yeah, when I went there, um,
0: like I can I can remember just before I went to Cedars, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, it was an interesting experience. Like I just mm-hmm. I never, I think I tried to get into a few places before Cedars. Yeah. I, um, I had many, so Cedars was, I just feel like I'm missing a piece. Yeah, it's okay. You
2: you take your time.
0: But, uh, before Cedars, oh, at Cedars? Yeah. Recovery. So, um.
2: But if you're, if you think about it as you're talking and you remember before Cedars, you can go back and forth.
0: Well, yeah.
2: Our listeners are used to me talking (laughs) and I'm all over the fucking place. Most of the fucking time.
0: Yeah, I just get a little, mm-hmm. I just get a little stuck in my head and everything, but it's it's all good. So the, I guess for a bit of it, a bit of it before, I, I functioned for a long time mm-hmm. as a, as an addict and an alcoholic, and I just kind of thought that that was my that was that was just me, mm-hmm. until I got into the you know I just like I worked I mostly did laboring jobs or like I worked for my brother as a mechanics helper and washed the trucks and um and you know detailing and all that stuff Mm -hmm. for his trucking company and did a lot of that and then when I left there I did a lot of construction jobs what I could do Mm -hmm. kind of stuff I was like I'm physically fit I could do that stuff And, and then um I got fired from a powder coating job that I had, it, I, it sucked anyway, mm. right? but I got fired over some stupid conflict over, over uh, just something dumb. I but just, there was
2: always conflict, right?
0: There's always conflict. Yeah. Like It was, I probably had something to do with it, but I mean...
2: I mean, I, I don't never, know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying no matter where it was when I was out there... It was yeah.
0: So then I decided to take well fuck it, I'm gonna take a year off and just yeah. kinda do my thing, right? I, I had um my dad gave me like a I had like a living inheritance of some houses and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So as as of now I'm a I'm a property manager also. So I mean it's never something I wanted to do, but it was So here you that, are? Yeah. I mean it 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 gives me the opportunity to use my privilege to help other people and, mm-hmm. um, afford, uh, some mental health help and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, oh, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. But.
2: And I thanks for putting it towards other people.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the one thing about, uh, being angry at, uh, at family. Sometimes I, I tend to donate to other people. When I
1: do. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: that's a f- yeah but lots of people, say, lots but of people
2: need stuff, right? yeah um yeah it's pretty amazing
0: but yeah i I recognized my my life was going pretty downhill just before Cedars my brother that I'm close to mm-hmm. um, he uh you know he paid for this place he says, look, you know there's this place on the island you know I think it would be beneficial if you went to BC rather than hang out here. I mm-hmm. think he didn't think I would stay in rehab mm-hmm. anywhere in the city is yeah. like I'd get pissed off and I'd leave.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, which is my which is my thing, right?
2: I can't relate to
0: that at all. <laughs> Fuck this and yeah. leave.
2: No, and, I've never said that.
0: You know, <laughs> only and a thousand I think, times. And I <laughs> I think uh it was makes sense, right? I mean it's B C is a long walk home, yeah. right? Um so I he said that uh, this place is waiting for you. All you got to do is, you know, let them know when you're coming. You have to call and talk to them. And then, you know, they'll, it's all set up. Just, just go, you know, that's, was was his thing. So I made sure I got really high and I decided to call these people. And, um, I told them, yeah, I'll come, but give me a week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I told them that, you know, I'm a, I'm a property manager. I need to organize some things, so, you know, so I need somebody I trust to collect mm. some rent for me and whatever, and then, uh, and then I'll call. And they said, well, we want you to come the next day, because chances are if you wait a week, you won't come. It's like, I'll give you a week, just give me a week, and I, and I will be there, mm. you know. But, you know, so that was my reason, but my excuse to get really messed up is mm. like, okay, this is my last hurrah week or whatever yeah. I was thinking, and I just got obliterated with Mm. whatever I could, I was living at my, I was so, I, I rented out my own house. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I don't know, six months prior to this. And I was living in a hotel
1: Mm.
0: for, for a while because I went there because I didn't want people to find me because I know that like, if like family came to find me or whatever, the hotel can't tell them, tell them what my room number Mm -hmm. is, you know, they just, so that was, uh, that was one reason, and I just got messed up in this hotel and one of the notorious drug-using hotels in Calgary, you know. But um,
2: There's a few still kicking around.
0: Yeah, there is. There yeah. is, for sure. Um,
2: there are, I guess. Yeah, there are a few. There
0: is? There are?
2: I said there is, and then you copied me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's there are. Yeah, there are a few. Yeah.
0: There are a few? Yeah. yeah. I guess it depends on the context.
2: Totally, yeah. I'm I'm lazy talker, so.
0: <laughs> oh well, um, but yeah, and um, so and then there was a situation with my dad. He was, he had uh, dementia mm. as his, you know, he had up for a quite a while, and we yeah. just. I mean, I kind of noticed stuff going on, but then you know, as I as I noticed, he told me not to tell anybody. It's like okay, fine, you know, whatever, mm. but um, and then. It got. It started to get worse, and he didn't want. As it came time to where we had to find a place for him to go or whatever, he had a he had a stroke or whatever while I was at the house.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, it was like minor, but it was scared the shit out of me and oh, everything. Shit. So, and then at that time, uh, he was he had to be at uh, the foothills hospital to wait for placement, and yeah. I had that place to myself and. So I, it's just really a weird situation. It's like I had to get myself to a place where, like I know my brother wanted me to go to this rehab facility, and Mm. um, I I know I had a problem, or I knew I had a problem. Mm. And um, I don't know. I don't know if it was fear. I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave my friends. You know, crack, cocaine, and drugs, and whatever, and alcohol, and whatever, also. They're hard friends to let go of Yeah, you know. know? And, um, so, I was just, yeah, it's...
2: (laughs) 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 It's like a third eye. I know, right? Totally. It's like the third eye of, raw. (laughs) 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 Thanks, bro. (laughs) Um...
0: Yeah, uh, what the fuck, where was I? Um, yeah, it's like I needed to convince myself that I needed to go, so, and I can recall this, uh, moment of clarity when I was just all messed up in my dad's basement, you know, and just, Mm -hmm. just like, you know, making sure that the wall, the eyes coming through the walls couldn't see me, right, Mm -hmm. It was just, I was just fucked up, like psychosis, and staying up for days and stuff and even got to a point where I couldn't stay up anymore it was like I felt myself dying right it was mm. really really it's intense really horrible place to be mm-hmm. right and it's just like just all the drugs and it was just not a lot of food and just not a lot of sleep and not a lot of actual taking care of myself kind of running its course and mm-hmm. it's like fuck what am i going to do right and then this moment of clarity is like, wow, where where did it all go so wrong? It's like I functioned okay with this. Mm. I probably wasn't okay, but
2: <laughs> well, we did for a long time, long enough time. Yeah, to, uh, like it. And
0: it to convince just convinced
2: ourselves we were fine, right?
0: Just like, where did it all it all go so wrong? Yeah. right. And then I just, I don't, I don't think I cared about anything. I don't think I really cared about life too much. And my, I think my first rock bottom was like I. I didn't want to hurt my family, like, I, my family's a big kind of, I was like working on just having some kind of opinion of my family without, without shaming them or being over the top derogatory about the whole situation, Mm -hmm. I just think we have our problems and our conflicting problems, and I think we're the same in a lot of ways, and our sameness drives us apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I just, I, I didn't want to die and hurt them that way. So I think I went to rehab for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, well. Um, takes while,
2: what it takes, right?
0: Yeah, I guess, yeah. you know, and so whatever, I went, you know, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I, Told my, I told him, okay, I'm coming. And they said, okay, we'll be the, at the airport. So um, my brother, Martin, said, yeah, I'm going. And he goes, okay, I'll pick you up in like a couple hours or whatever. And I didn't sleep all that day. I was like, totally did all my cocaine. And I was mm-hmm. like, did this massive wine and whatever. And it's like, it save this joint for me and my brother. It's like, dude, smoke this last joint with me. And he's like, and I talked to him after, and uh, he told me, why he wouldn't smoke the joint with me like after, like months Mm. after. And he said, I just, he said to him, I looked so horrible and he didn't want the joint to like send me over the edge. So he just, he just wouldn't do it and made up all these, you know, excuses Mm. not to do it. And so in rehab, I was, you know, I detoxed and learning. um, Cedars was pretty good, like very thorough about teaching me what the disease of addiction was, mm-hmm. and I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And, um, we ha- had our own like in-house meetings a- NA and NA and AA meetings. It was AA based recovery mm-hmm. and stuff, but, um, and we like read from the big book here and there and, and. There was N.A. literature, but we didn't read from it too much. I think there's uh, maybe triggering stuff Mm -hmm. in that stuff. But I I did have an N.A. book and whatever, and read from uh, Living Sober quite a bit. Ah, good book. And um, talked about it, had, like, group therapy, which I fucking hated, but (laughs) good, of course. Yeah, yeah.
2: Hence why we hate it.
0: Yeah, yeah, very (laughs) revealing (laughs) in ways I don't want to do. Yeah. I didn't want it to be, but
2: I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> but um, when the meetings, right, the like in-house meetings, I heard other people talk about their own lives, and they were talking about my life, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the hell, right? I just, just that connection with other recovering people, which I I had no idea. I didn't know that um, the people, <laughs> I didn't know a lot of the addicts felt the same way when they were like doing copious amounts of drugs that they mm. thought that people were staring through the walls at them, that they could hear voices. I swear mm. that the Hawks helicopter was following me around mm. the city, right? It's just that level of paranoia and how, mm-hmm. oh my God. So I didn't know that other people felt like that. And even, and the same with drinking too, right? Yeah. So that was, that was wild. Like, And I think, I think throughout my whole life with family being so old older than me I think it was hard for me it's like I it's it's like I felt alone right it's like I was I was the youngest uh, a massive generational gap and I mean they tried but by the time I came around they were already starting their own lives right and they like they had their their own companies and stuff trucking companies Mm -hmm. and they were doing that and stuff. I think they maybe tried to help me and maybe assumed that my our dad was was helping me out with mm-hmm. stuff but you know, I not really. Yeah. Um so I think I was always looking for that connection, people to connect with and um, and so when I when I was listening to people's stories, like I connected with other people before recovery. I mean, it, mm-hmm. there's a connection between drug addicts and alcoholics and stuff. I mean, I, and I still believe this. Like I, I connected to them because we were doing the same things and had similar stories. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I had lots of friends that had traumatic childhoods, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, I connected to these people in the same way. It's like, a, we wanted, we wanted the good part of life
1: mm-hmm.
0: and didn't know how to get to it. Right? So, um, I stayed in, uh, I was having some conflict in rehab. I was, had a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. And so, being with other addicts and other recovering people, I, um, I didn't, I don't think I intentionally, I think this is like more of a root of other symptoms of other issues mm-hmm. going on that I didn't really know. Like I always knew I had ADD or ADHD, yeah. but I maybe didn't know how that affected me, other than I definitely learned differently mm-hmm. than, than most people. But I was, I was just so fucking angry and I just lash out at people. So eventually the, the rehab facility put me on a contract, right? Cause I, I would get like very vulgar and then mm-hmm. eventually violent. And it's like, I had a fight with this, this, this other woman in the, in the kitchen of the woman house, right? Mm-hmm. Over fucking coffee or tea or some shit, Mm. right? And it's just it was funny and stupid all at the same Mm. time and so they put me on a contract saying, Okay, if I get into any sort of argument or fight, I have to like leave the situation but I have to talk about it. And if Mm. I don't talk about it before it's being reported or something, then I you know, they they put me in they were pretty strict about it because I Mm. mean this is an issue of safety, right? So So they said, if I, if I do anything else, cause any harm or, or whatever, then Mm. I'm, I'm kicked out. Yeah. And, um, I didn't want that. There was another situation where I had, I had another problem and it was over, it was just someone being annoying and I just kind of stood up for myself, Mm -hmm. but the staff, wasn't sure about it because of the way I did it you know so and then I was talking to the like the head g- guy of the treatment center and they said well you're doing so well you know we can just let you go you know and he was like so like subtle and mm. nonchalant about it but he was like the, the most politest way of you know gonna kick me out no. if I didn't I guess explain myself yeah. in a way and I I just said to the guys like look I I want to be here. You know, I just, I, I forget the exact terms, but he let me stay. And then I told my counselor, it's like, look, you know, when you guys are ready to kick me out, I, I'm so afraid that I'm not learning a lot enough. Cause I, I know I'm, I'm lashing out at people. Mm. It's just, I, it's like a, it's like a trigger reaction. It's mm. like very impulsive and yep. you know, and I, couldn't control trauma it, response. right? It, trauma response, exactly, mm-hmm. right? And uh, there's you know other issues there that I I made I let them know, right? And uh, but I didn't elaborate on it too much. I was mm-hmm. like I let them know stuff, but didn't elaborate.
2: Yeah.
0: So I don't I don't know if it was bad or not. I just whatever it was, right? So I just said, look, I want to be here. To my counselor, like, I want to be here, and I know. I've been lashing out, I don't mean to be, and I'm sorry, and everything. I know it's me, and you know, whatever. Something, whatever's going on for anyone else, that's their shit. But you know, when you guys are ready to kick me out, can you give me two more weeks
1: hmm.
0: at this facility? I'll make sure, you know, I, I pay it myself, or whatever. You know, it's a private facility, mm-hmm. it's kind of expensive, right? So, they're, set, they're like, sure. And they yeah. did that. They did that for me, so... And then by that time, I... I think I was ready to go by that two weeks. Mm. So, um, I graduated from there. I did everything that they told me to do. They gave me a list of, a laundry list of things to do, but I couldn't go back to, I couldn't come back to Calgary right away. So I stayed, I met, uh, a person in recovery. They said that they can, um, that I could stay there and they lived in Nanaimo. Mm. So I stayed in Nanaimo for a month and I went to a lot of meetings there and I just uh, checked out the island and everything,
2: and, um... Lots of good recovery in an yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it was good. Like, I, yeah. it was, I sometimes have a hard time talking to people, but I think it was there, there it was easier, because I wasn't going to stay there. So, I mean, if, I don't know, it's like I was milking people for information. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was a lot of solid um, old-timer recovery that was, mm-hmm. they were decent. You know, I've encountered long-timers and bleeding deacons and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and it's kind of the do-as-I-say kind of bullshit that mm-hmm. I don't like in, in Calgary. It's like, mm-hmm.
2: I'm not gonna... It'd be different if you were, if they were following it up with behavior.
0: Yeah, it's like <laughs> the whole do-as-I-do, not-as-I...
2: Yeah, do-as-I-say, not-as-I-do. That, that kind yeah.
0: of thing, I don't fucking like that shit. I right? hear ya but uh in bc the people that i encountered and asked questions of you know they seemed cool and they you know i i talked to them about what they said um if they shared something i liked you know i asked mm-hmm. them about that stuff and you know i kind of gravitate gravitated to the, the men kind of more than women and i don't know why but i mean i stayed with these friends a friend that i met in uh, rehab and and she talked to her husband. I was allowed to stay there, and it was cool. They had one rule, you know, if I got if I mm-hmm. got drunk or used, don't come back. You know, we'll send your stuff wherever you are, but don't come back. And and it was good. It was that that was cool. You know, they gave me that space mm-hmm. to be able to be on my own, and then um, so I stayed for about a month. I wanted to, so I left. I left. Cedars around at the end of June, and I just didn't want to come back to Calgary around Mm -hmm. stampede time, right? That's That's fair. So, came home in around August, started going to meetings. Um, found my sponsor at about six months Mm -hmm. uh, or five, five months, I think I was sober for. She, uh, a sponsor, Mm -hmm. Uh, she pretty much. Walked up to me at a meeting and said, "Hey, do you got a home group?" I'm like, "No." I was like, "So she signed me up mm-hmm. right now." I was like, "Okay." And uh, she was really good. She was. Uh, I kind of stalled for a bit, but then she just kind of gave me an ultimatum: if you if you don't want this, then don't yeah. waste my time, kind of shit. So I did my recovery with her and uh, did my steps. Um, left a bunch of shit out in my four. About uh, sexual abuse stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I just I was afraid. I yeah. didn't. I didn't wanna. I didn't wanna talk about it because I thought it was my fault. You know that's mm-hmm. that's the the mind game of that loser put on me, right? So
2: that's the mind game those losers put on all of us, my friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So. Yeah, it's a fucking travesty. Tra- tra- yeah. Crap.
0: Exactly. Um, so I, I didn't. I didn't tell her, and I just, like, I didn't want to drink, I don't think, but being sober, I think it was, I think I was in my first year when first or approaching second year or something where I didn't, I still didn't say anything, but like, I didn't have anything to self-soothe, right? I had the steps and I had a, lots of coffee and lots of cigarettes Mm -hmm. or whatever and whatever I was doing at the time but it's like my mind I get triggered like by watching the news or listening mm-hmm. to some, to someone else's story and all the all that shit came back right yeah. so I eventually had to tell her
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um so I told her and then I I went to I went to therapy I think did I th- I think I went to therapy I don't remember. I I know I started my. I don't think so. I think I told her. I don't know how I. I not. I might have. I might have went somewhere just briefly. Oh, I did. I think I mm-hmm. went briefly to somewhere and just like talked it out with someone. But I can't remember exactly when. But I think I more. Uh, I think I was like. Yeah, I think it's just the tension right now. <laughs> I can't remember when, but it's like. That's okay. But um, there was a lot of t- there was a lot of moments in my recovery where I had to go to therapy for mm. one thing or another. There was uh, my nephew had passed away, uh, cause of fentanyl. Oh, I'm sorry. And um, there's a lot of shit going on there too. And mm. I think I had like I think that was in my sixth year, mm-hmm. fifth or sixth year of of sobriety. Ah. That. So sorry. That he went, eh, and, um, so I think that's when I went to the, the first time I went to the therapist in, in, uh, sobriety, I think, Mm -hmm. because it was all the talk of childhood and stuff, Mm -hmm. because it was a messy divorce between my brother and his wife at the time, and Mm it was, um, there was a lot of effect there. And so...
2: That's an incredibly traumatic experience for the whole family.
0: Yeah, know? and, um... Yeah. I remember uh, there was a lot of talk about... I, I won't say who in my family, but there was quite... there's many in my family that... Like, I knew he had a problem, and mm-hmm. I, I talked to him, and I was like, I... It was obvious. Like, I... Mm. I wasn't into fentanyl directly, but fentanyl was like. It was in a lot of the shit I was doing too, right? Yeah. So and just fucking so. I mean, I see. I mean, it's it's like a. It's like a radar or something, you know. We oh, all yeah. we all know each other. It's oh, like yeah. even when I'm, even when I'm clean, I know. I know people are on something similar to what I was. Right. right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So and I didn't really talk to him too much directly. I mean, we I don't know, but I mean I gave him my number a few times. Like, dude, if you ever need some of that talk or whatever, I'm not gonna force you to do anything. But you know, and other people gave him my number and stuff. Mm. But when he passed away, it's like a lot of People were saying, well, you recovered, why didn't he, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, were we supposed to see something? It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what people are supposed to see. Like, yeah. I know I've seen it, but I don't know what other people see. I can't see it through other people's mm-hmm. eyes or whatever, or maybe... Well,
2: I mean, and I, we can't condemn somebody to that without them agreeing No, exactly, to, right?
0: so, exactly. Like, yeah. I remember, my brother Martin was talking about it, that, uh, you, know, you know, he was, he would fall asleep so easily I'm like well yeah well Martin that was that was the drugs you know (laughs) that was that was when you're on the
2: nod you can fall asleep pretty fucking yeah exactly oh yeah
0: exactly so a lot of that stuff and a lot of talk about his childhood and whatever and Mm. I think it was that stuff that triggered me and so that's when I went to um I I think I just I think the Calgary Counseling Center, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think they get a kind of a shitty rap, but it, I mean, they were pretty helpful at, at the time.
2: I think they do a fine job considering their sliding scale and subsidized and all that know. stuff, right? Like, yep, yeah,
0: exactly. And I, I went on the sliding scale kind of thing. I, <laughs> but, um,
2: well, we'd be up shit creek without them.
0: They, mental I mean, health
2: supports are hard to come by.
0: The person so. helped me. Uh, Immensely. Mm -hmm. Because I I was, I mean, I I sobered up when I was 34. I was like six years, so I was, what, 40, almost 40? I don't know. Mm. Thinking that this shit was my fault, right? And it's like, and uh, she said, you know, adults are supposed to know better than kids. And Mm. it's just just that simple thing that kind of, wow, you know. So I went to like, I went to like four sessions.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And, um, and yeah, so, but I've done, I've done other recovering things, maybe not so much related to recovery, but like outside stuff.
2: Well, well, it's still related to recovery. Yeah. Just not related to the 12 steps, right? Yeah, Yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah. And there's
2: Um, lots of support outside of the 12 steps. So,
0: Yep. Yeah. I, um, I'm really close with my cousin. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, I, uh, she's, like, really into, like, Buddhism and, and stuff, and yeah. studied that much, mon- d- studied that and whatever, and went to, uh, I think she went to Korea for that stuff, mm. and, I don't know, if she ever listens to this, I, hope I won't break her anonymity, but she's, yeah. like, so important to me, and mm-hmm. then, when I, when I found out that she did that stuff, I kind of gravitated to, like, the Buddhism side of mm-hmm. stuff, so I, you know, read a lot of it, and I like that. Just like the way of being, you know, mm. of being able to apply that.
2: Yeah. Um, it's very just, practical, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, just on the fly, but yeah. the mindfulness part. I mean, it took mm. a, a really long time for me to like grasp really what that means.
2: My God, I'm still working on it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Especially with our <laughs> our heads. <They're> just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm being mindful,
2: but. I'm just being mindful of my own bullshit. I'm being bullshit. <laughs> mindful of
0: whatever you're thinking, right? Yeah. It's like, which is not not it right, at all, right? Um, and uh, so I I think her, her and I, we did this... Um, well, she was telling me about it, like, um, uh, family constellation stuff. Hmm. And it's... Um, I was going to going to bring the book with me. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it yet, but he's, it was, it was a really great experience. We did, did two workshops of it. Okay. And, um, basically what it is, I should have left it up, but it's, okay. it's, so it's like family relationships and like how generational situations and trauma affects people Mm-hmm. you know, further down the road. like mm-hmm. Kind of like the snowball effect kind of yeah. thing, you know? Where if, uh, say, my grandmother experienced a lot of trauma coming from a different country and then, you know, in a arranged marriage to my grandfather yeah. and the trauma related to that stuff and maybe you know, mental illness or sickness that she had and the trickle-down effect could affect...
2: Mm-hmm you know, generations, generations and oh, stuff yeah.
0: like that. And, and yeah. how that, you know, and so it was really cool to experience that. Mm. Um, I didn't know any, like I heard about that stuff in school yeah. vaguely, very vaguely about other generational trauma stuff and mm. believed in it. And it's like, holy shit, you know, how can that happen? And mm. then realizing that, oh, that, okay, <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. that's in um, in my my parents' lives in my life too, right? Yeah. So
2: Well, the world has been a very dark place for a very long time. Yeah, exactly. And lots of humans, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And uh, not everybody knows about it or That's has right. I don't want to say
2: the word, but not everyone has waken up to it, I guess. Mm. Um, well, not everybody has been like first of all educated on it. Like yeah, exactly. And if you don't believe in like if you have a certain philosophy about how life came to be, it can definitely block people from seeing the connections to reality, right?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um I remember asking my cousin, I was like, why can't people see this things, these yeah. things like I can see? Like not that I want people to see my way, but why why? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she was telling me, well, not everybody has empathy. And she Mm -hmm. was telling me that stuff, right? Like, not everybody. She was um, giving me, for me, examples of my recovery. Like, you know, I can see other people and where they are because of where the -hmm. experiences that I've had. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that makes sense to me. So I, I I get it where people, even like with my family, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, um yeah (laughs) yeah where they have their own set of experiences Mm -hmm. relating to their lives and their what they did and how they felt and everything Mm -hmm. and and i i get that but i can't i don't know their experience and Mm -hmm. same like they don't know my experience which is like i said it's it's still an ongoing thing with my family but like i can see that with uh with generational stuff too Mm -hmm. like i i I remember asking my dad a lot of this stuff because I, I clashed with him, and I think we were a lot alike, my dad and I. Like, he didn't know how to be a dad, but the things that he would tell me, I I barely understood when I was a kid. And now that I remember that stuff as an adult, it's like, fuck, you know, he knew what he was talking about. It's, mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember, like, me and my siblings, especially my brothers, right? I mean, we didn't... We didn't always like talking to Dad about stuff because he he had this uncanny ability of always being right.
1: Because
0: hmm. he could take a situation that happened to him like fifty years ago, and give us an example of it and re- relay it to our lives, and be right about it. But we didn't know hmm. until we'd play out our scenario. It's like, oh shit, Dad's hmm. right again, right? Yeah. So, um, I'd ask him a lot of stuff, and he. His his growing up years was I couldn't I can't imagine the trauma related to that stuff because they were they were so poor like my mm-hmm. dad was born in nineteen nineteen right so he's um, been to World War Two and stuff like that he went to war to leave Saskatchewan to get away mm-hmm. from how poor they were right and yeah. he you know I. I don't know if world travel that way was his plan, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he that's what he did. And, But he would tell me how his, his dad, you know, would beat the shit out of him for stupid shit, right? Just, you know, not going to school or not doing chores or not whatever. I mean, there was, like, 16 kids in that family, wow. and they were so poor, which a lot of them died over... Yeah. Um, the common cold or mm-hmm. like a toothache or whatever. Yeah. And um, he almost died at one point And, and so he told me some hardcore stuff of like being a, a kid to mm. strict German parents, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, like he, he told me some horrible stories. And I guess I had privilege of knowing that. I mean, he trusted me enough to, Tell me that stuff, mm-hmm. and when I talked to my my siblings about it, they they never asked him about that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So learning about
2: it's interesting how we can come from the same family and be interested in just totally different things, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I had a lot of resentment towards him. Uh, he protected me a lot. I was the youngest. Um, Daddy's a little girl, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't want anything to happen to me he tried to protect me from life uh i think the fact that i was a girl kept me from a lot of things like the whole i'm i have a big hate on for like uh gender and a stereotype kind of mm-hmm. thing you know just like oh you can't do that because you're a girl like mm-hmm. kept me from a lot of things that i was interested in i wanted to be like my dad, you know, or I wanted to be like my brothers and stuff like that. And I, I wanted to do that stuff, but I wasn't allowed to do it. And then I didn't have the, the skills to like stand up for myself in a productive Mm. way to get them to like, look, this is what I want to do. At least help me, like guide me or something. Yeah. So, I mean, my dad protected me from life, but life got to me anyway, thanks to the, you know,
2: Thanks to life The predator, you know, the yeah.
0: predator that got to me, that seeing that I was looking for something, and, you know. Yeah, so... Um... <laughs> so... But... Yeah, the constellation thing mm-hmm. was good. I also have done equine therapy, mm-hmm. which is super cool. Um Learning about how... I don't know what the word is, but... um how uh, how relatable horses can be like mm-hmm. um, like feelers of humans emotions and stuff like mm-hmm. that better than dogs can be and that was really cool um, I did one with my my brother and his wife and uh, ex sister-in-law I yeah. guess and um, it was it was really good and uh, and then I I did one with my sister. I offered to do one with her. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she got out of it, but um, I got a lot out of that too. Just... It's hard to explain, but I mean equine therapy is pretty popular around... that I've read anyway with some people.
2: Just... I've heard great things about it, yeah. Horses are amazing. They...
0: you can't hide from horses, right? It's just
2: yeah, I remember
0: being freaked out of, of horses, but now I, I have a different respect for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, and I just just doing a lot of a, a lot of reading and mm-hmm. being interested in a lot of other stuff. Uh, my sponsor, my first sponsor at the time, didn't like it that I was doing other things mm-hmm. than other things from AA because um, she thought. It would be confusing to me, or I was combining it, and and in a way, I I think I kind of was, but I don't think I was like confusing both of them. I mean, well, we always combine
2: what we're doing with what we know, right?
0: To apply to my life, right? I mean, if I needed something, I'm like a seeker of information. I've always liked to learn. Yeah. Um, that's. I, I think it always goes back for me wanting to connect and wanting to belong and whatever. I think that's a root yeah thing for me right
2: right on and i think like i could see where they might be coming from like but i, I but i can also say that, that the best way to go about it is just to encourage people to learn right? yeah i absolutely. understand you don't want people to get confused and stuff but look this is no matter what you do this is confusing and telling people not to use other avenues can be very like challenging yeah,
0: yeah. like i like i wouldn't want to lead anyone astray personally of course but. not I mean as recovering people like the whole thing is you know our drinking and addiction is a symptom of a deeper issue right so 100%. why not learn about
2: those deeper issues like the well and what if you're not like me Liz what if you what if you're not like me not you personally but what if this person that comes to me isn't isn't like me they mm-hmm. think they're like me because they've been convinced they're like me but they go somewhere else and they do much better
0: yeah, exactly.
2: Right? Uh, and so it's not up to me to choose because no. I know what works for me only. I don't know what's going to work for you. Yeah. Right. And exactly. if I if I present something to you as the be all and end all, well, what happens if that doesn't work for you? True. You get frustrated, and then you keep and resentment trying. And resentment well, more more trying, right, and mm-hmm. potentially more damage. I'm not suggesting that happens no, to no. everybody, but that's just a potential, right? Yeah. And, um, and I think one of the things that I've always noticed about. Or that that I've noticed about lots of these twelve-step fellowships is exactly that, right? Yep. Is that some sometimes people push it as the cure-all, right? And exactly. even though now I'm going to say this because I want it to be balanced, right? Even though the literature says it is not a cure-all, <laughs>
0: exactly,
2: <laughs> right? So if we look at what people what they they actually said, they are they invited us, encouraged us to go to outside help, yeah, in almost all the li- I, well. In the main literature, it encourages us to do it. So, yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Um, yeah, well, that's my su- soapbox. I just kicked it. Out. <laughs> I just suggesting.
2: kicked it out of the room.
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah. I liked
0: it. I liked it. It's <laughs> it's good to hear that. Like, um, and there's, I'm glad that there's lots of people that um, do the outside help. Yeah, too, me too. Because right? too. Um, especially. Um, like I've always, I don't, I don't, I I like major triggered when someone's telling me Mm. what I either should or shouldn't do or leave all the should and shouldn'ts Mm. out of it or whatever. This is what I, you know, telling me this is what I need to do Mm. to save my sanity or whatever, to love myself or appreciate myself Mm. and saying, oh, why don't you? love yourself or why don't you talk better to myself or whatever it's like all that kind of stuff it's like well it's i always wonder it's like okay how come they're not asking me something why are they telling me to do something it's like this is what i'm trying to do whether i Hmm. didn't have the language at the time or i knew that i was there was like in recovery, like I'll be listening to someone's story, and especially the ones where people say that, um, you know, their brain is telling them to drink, or they, their brain is telling them to, you know, to, you know, giving them the ammo to go out and do mm-hmm. something horrible. Where I don't know, whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that
0: kind of thing. Like my brain isn't telling me to do that. My brain is like, if I, if if I went and killed myself, my brain would. Wouldn't have any more fun anymore, <laughs> you know. So it's <laughs> fair enough. It would have nothing to mm-hmm. do anymore. So it's like my thinking is like it's like the ADHD, it's the borderline personality, it's the fear, it's the anxiety, mm-hmm. it's the ego, it's the god complex, whatever. Yeah. I mean, all these things are at play. So it's well. And like, you
2: just mentioned three things in that are a part of your day to day life, right? The mm-hmm. the difficulties, uh, ADHD, borderline, and
0: anxiety Anxi- yeah. depression PTSD, well
2: any of whatever. any of those things are like on their own can be very challenging right we mm-hmm. I, I bpd as well so like that is one of the very challenging ones very challenging mental il- illness um, but to this adds more weight to the idea that we should be asking people what they need yeah. versus telling them right yeah. because what happens when i tell you not to go to outside help but you have ADHD, borderline personality disorder, and um, an anxiety disorder. So, like, what what happens to you then? Well, right.
0: Exactly. Like, it-
2: because I'm your sponsor. Let's say I'm your sponsor, and I I can't help you. Mm-hmm. I'm not a psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yep. and, and so I don't want to pretend that just because when I was practicing out there drinking and I went to counseling or therapy, it didn't keep me sober. Well, when I was going to therapy out there, I wasn't going to therapy to be sober. I was going to therapy in order to cope with my life, right? And and my life was more than just what I when I was drinking or not drinking, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting I'm not an alcoholic. Matter of fact, I'm very aware that I am. Okay. <laughs> and I have no argument there in my in my body left. There's no argument, right? Yeah. I don't need to drink. But when I was out there going to therapy, it was to survive,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: It was so I didn't kill myself. It yeah. was so because that's been a part of my life long before I ever probably picked up a drink, right? Mm-hmm. From the time I started to be abused until the time right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's important, right? And I like talking about this because um, I know in some of the places where we might go to mingle with fellows like ourselves, mm-hmm. um, we don't, I don't get an opportunity to, right? Because I don't, first of all, I'm not shitting on any program. That's not what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. By by pointing out simple, simply the other potentials is not shitting on one thing. Right? It's kind of like that's not how my brain doesn't work that way. I get it. Right. Um, and so I appreciate it. Thank you Mm -hmm. for talking about that. Um so do you are you practicing Buddhist? No, not really. Like I I like to I like to read on it. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, by practicing Buddhist I shouldn't I just mean like a practice of meditation, like that's really what I meant to ask mm -hmm. because I think Buddhism, from what I have gathered, is very much like it, it's not much of a religion so no it's it's more of a path right kind of that's like...
0: why I call it like a, a way of being more yeah. than a religion like yeah. a, my cousin might say that it it's maybe a form of religion I mm. never looked at it like that because it seemed so much more open than mm. Christianity or whatever right yeah. it's less.
2: And that might be because you and I come from the West, where we haven't seen whatever may have resulted from Buddhists taking over an area. Like I have no idea. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I I don't even know if that's a thing. <laughs> no. So. No.
0: Nah, no. Um. Like I I read it. Um. I I like the Dalai Lama kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I mean, he's kind of he's quite humorous if I you know listen to things that he says and whatever. But. Uh, my favorite was uh, Thich Han was mm. he was a favorite of mine
2: I really and, appreciate lots of his stuff yeah
0: yeah it's just easy to understand right yeah. and and that sort of thing I, I talked to my my cousin about it on and off like not a lot but you know various questions of based on what I've read but um uh, last year I started therapy with um, a therapist that's uh, DBT, mm-hmm. so dialectical behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. It's like a cognitive behavioral therapy and that yep. stuff. So and they're they uh, there's a lot of mindfulness mm. stuff it's in very that. Yeah. Yeah. So and through that I I understood what mindfulness was. Like I mm-hmm. I knew what mindfulness was, but just being in my moment focusing on myself in a not hurtful kind of way, right? I mean, not being triggered by something or it would kinda easy to kinda be distracted and mm-hmm. fly off thinking somewhere else on other things. But so for meditation and I've I haven't done any in the way of quiet quieting my mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh giving myself, like, a a timer of five to seven to ten minutes. Mm -hmm. or I I was doing that for a while, and anywhere from five to seven minutes was what I could do. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if I was, like, waiting somewhere and just kind of, like, in a waiting room or something and waiting for my name to be called kind of thing. I was doing that for a while, and then I kind of got away from it. But meditation is super important. I like the... um, I like the looking at something and not describing it in my head mm. just kind of letting it be. Yeah, letting it be but like noticing like noticing the garbage bag on that garbage or mm. the folds and angles of that box or mm. whatever or the ridges in that coffee cup without saying it. I like that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. I I think it kind of I gravitate to that thing with the ADHD mind,
2: right? Mm-hmm. So well, it's interesting because that's just another way to describe mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. Like,
0: well, um, yeah, it is. Yeah. There's,
2: there's to, to be many present forms. in the full moment, right? Yeah,
0: like, yeah. Be ma- there's many forms of mindfulness, I and agree. that's what I like about it. So. Yeah,
2: as um. soon as you say the word mindfulness, I, I, like anytime someone says it, to be honest, my mind instantly goes to a story about I can't remember where I read it. So forgive me if I butcher the story. Whoever's mm-hmm. out there listening, <laughs> 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 um, but it was it's basically like um, I picture. I picture an older man in a kitchen cooking and being perfectly present, like being full in that moment, right? And it's because like, when people practice mindfulness in all of their things, they're present in all of their things. And I remember the story of this older man talking about that was mindfulness to them, is that not only were they aware that they're cooking, right, and they're taking joy in the cooking, but when you're mindful of your process, you can take joy in every part of it, right? Like that, I think, is the underlying draw for me as well right to mindfulness is that i want to be more present like not just for others but for myself too right yeah like because mindfulness can be when you're with others or when you're by yourself or like do you know what i mean it's just so uh, it's broadly applicable right yeah
0: yeah yeah um yeah i can yeah I, i i get that for sure um i guess the moments where i'm most mindfulness most mindfulness. <laughs> experiencing most mindful? most mindful. So is like doing the dishes is one thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty anal about like clean dishes. That's you know, that's um, a good one too. Uh, yeah. washing my vehicle. I I, I really like that. I mean I when I was working for my brother I, I liked it to a degree, although I, I had to be high every time mm. I was doing it. But I mean now it's you like still I
1: still
0: like it. I still like it. Yeah. Like I, I wash my vehicle and I you know, um, my my brother taught me how to wash a vehicle properly. You know, you start from the tar- stop, start, start mm. at the top, and then you wash. You know, spray it off, wash everything, and then mm-hmm. wash all the all the soap down. Um, yeah, my my brother's not doing very good right now. Mm. So I mean, he's he's got yeah, early onset of Alzheimer's. So, oh, I'm sorry to hear so, that. Yeah. So um, so when I wash the truck or wash anything really, I think of him. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, just because. I don't know, that, that's where I enjoyed washing vehicles, and yeah. I, you know, try to do the best that I can with it. Um, mm-hmm. um also walking my dogs, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, have two dogs, and I really have to practice balance with them, because I, you know, they're, they're great. I mean, I, they're lifesavers, I mm-hmm. think, my pets, right? Uh, I think they've saved my life What kind many of dogs times. are they? Um, the one dog is, um, he's like a mixed terrier. I had him mm. DNA tested, so he's like a bunch of different things. But, gotcha. But uh, yeah, he's a, like a little mini pit bull shih tzu terrier mm. kind of spaniel okay. kind of thing. He yeah. had, had a underbite for a long time. I just got a tattoo of him with my... Oh yeah, of him riding a motorcycle on my leg right now. <laughs> right on. And uh, the other one, I've had him for just over a year. He's Pitbull lab, and healer, mm. which he needs a. Sh- he's very high energy. Needs mm-hmm. a ton of exercise and stuff. Yeah. Very sweet dog. You know, um, I adopted him from my my neighbor that unfortunately passed away suddenly. Mm. So oh. I got a cat and a snake too. You nice. know. Nice. So, what kind of cat? He's a Manx. Yeah. You know, so no tail at all and Oh okay. Yeah.
2: I love cats, man. You know,
0: cats are cats are amazing. They're special.
2: Yeah. Yeah I uh, yeah,
1: cool. know. Uh, cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, I. getting back to how people they, like um what were the um, outside help and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like yeah. uh recently probably Like, I I like it when people are, like, raw in their shares, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I like it when people... Like, anyone that shares their experience is good, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm by no means any sort of judge of how anyone should do their recovery, but... I'm grateful that
2: people do it their way, man. Yeah,
0: you know, whatever, to each his own, right? I mean, if, if someone is really happy and loves God and does whatever God tells them to do without their brain being any part of their lives then mm-hmm. fine but i like it when i don't like it when people struggle mm-hmm. obviously but yeah because struggle is a big part of my recovery and working through that um while having while being able to see joys of life mm-hmm. and stuff like that i need it's like i need people to be working on themselves in other ways too like the emotional sobriety mm-hmm. part of recovery.
2: Well, it makes us feel safer to be around them, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I reached out to someone that's, uh, we've become pretty close friends and like, I've reached out to other people before, but I think, um, I, I don't know, there was something and I, I've known them for a while, Hmm. but, uh, we didn't talk on a regular basis and I was, I, Describe it as like I was walking on the edge of my recovery and when I say that it's just too much in the dark right too much of the Mm -hmm. Depressive side of of life, and I didn't know what to do about it like and this is the part where I Would listen to people talk in AA meetings, but I could relate to some but not to other stuff so Mm. it was like there's like a gap in not so much like I I love the literature of AA Mm. and and other twelve step recoveries too, but like when I read the big book, I mean it's it's amazing how mm. that thing is written. But and other parts of like the twelve and twelve and everything too. But when there's parts that I can't relate to sometimes, mm. and I didn't understand why, and so when I started talking to this person, it's, it's like the way they talked about themselves. It was like a a light bulb went off in mm. in myself right it's like fuck you know you're talking my language it's Mm -hmm. and i was it was like being back in rehab and someone telling my story in rehab right so when someone's talking about themselves in an open authentic way in a way that i can understand their Mm -hmm. language and the words that they're using it's like holy shit you know that it it gets me to engage in engage with them to mm-hmm. like see where they're at but also helps me to see myself in a way that I really struggle with because mm-hmm. I I it's it's the part I'm missing within my family right mm-hmm. I mean they I don't know if they knew I always had ADHD or whatever that I had problems I had always had the feeling that they treated me like a special child for mm-hmm. some reason right and yeah but I, I never knew why, and so <clears throat> within myself, it's like it's hard for me to, like I took the slow path in, mm-hmm. in recovery, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Like some stuff I can learn really quick, mm-hmm. and then other stuff I just have a really hard time understanding it. Yeah,
2: I'm still on the slow path. Yeah, yeah.
0: well I get to look around at the trees. That's right, and like, smell the roses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I made a squirrel friend at the right. park over there. I there was like, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, that's important Mm. when I, you know, when I start to see myself through this other person and, you know, like, uh, similar traits, uh, it's like they were able to, it's like they were able to talk to my ADHD Mm. and talk to other stuff. Yeah. But I didn't know it was there and so like I was already seeing a therapist and so And I was I got like I seen a therapist before seeing the one that I see now and the mm. other one was more mindfulness-based Buddha's yeah. kind of stuff and and I I Kind of freaked out on her one time and so she didn't want to see me again, but then she like <laughs> she gave me the information to this uh, DBT therapy and it was also the DBT therapy that was connecting me to parts of me, my recovery mm-hmm. and parts of my deeper understanding of myself that I needed to know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In like a skillful way. So, uh, dialectical behavioral therapy, a lot, it's, it's very similar to AA.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where AA is really, really basic cognitive yeah. design for living mm-hmm. stuff. And, um... And, uh, DBT is more, a little bit more technical, but gives me skills that I can do. These are the skills Mm -hmm. you need to do this. And so I struggle with the skills sometimes, but then I talk to my therapist and I tell her the situation's like, oh, well, you're doing this, you know, Mm -hmm. you're doing that. This is dialectical, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm like that automatically. Mm -hmm. And maybe for me, it's like trying to find the language to explain and understand where I'm at. in mental illness, but also where I can find I'm capable to Mm -hmm. dive into the mental health part that I need. So, And that's vital. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, we have to address these things. Because these things oftentimes caused us to use and drink the way we did. Yeah. In weird ways. Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. I've seen my addiction kind of, it's like Mm -hmm. I'll spend money on little fetishes that I have. Like, I I have a hoodie fetish, or like, Mm yeah oh, I'm suffering with something. let's yeah. like let's buy something right yeah. and i'm I'm seeing that and um had like a binge eating problem on and off bulimia mm. stuff that was on the way to causing me some health yeah. issues, right so
2: disorder eating is very tough, it's yeah a, it's a huge challenge, but
0: I mean through I was like the the connection with other people and mm-hmm. finding recovery community. Like, I have a hard time reaching out, but when I do find people, that, um, I don't know that. I don't know like me. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes I don't yeah. know if people like me until they actually tell me. And I was like, I'm believing what they're saying. Mm. And I was like, oh. right on. So that's that's cool. And um, even as I see the disconnect with my. The disconnect with my family has been teaching me a lot about like, through my own therapy experience, I can see them, but I, it's just based in theories Mm. that I have. And then my interactions with them, I, 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 um, there's like a situation that's just a misunderstanding. Mm. Uh, I think the one thing I'll say about my early recovery, if I have any kind of message to anyone mm. listening or whatever that
2: Oh, good. You answered my question without me asking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that what I did in, in my early recovery, and I, I don't know if it was because I just didn't know what words meant or I was just so... I don't know. But mm. I people-pleased my family. Um, it was hard for me to, like, I tried to apply boundaries even when I wasn't even sure what boundaries were, but I, um, my, my brother is, so there's three brothers and one sister. Um, my oldest brother passed away uh, six years ago or something, and, um, I see a lot of issues that happen in the family where he's right now, which is incredibly hard because he's, he's gone now. And I, I can't, I can't reconcile those differences with him. But I mean, when I realized it, I, I made an amend to his daughter, Mm -hmm. you know, cause, um, yeah, so, uh, um, so (laughs) people pleasing Mm -hmm. is, is, is bad, but I can see where, I think in, I, so I can see in my early recovery where I, where I don't think I fully understood the word and meaning of acceptance.
1: Hmm.
0: I thought accepting my family was accepting what they do and how they are, but not, not letting them treat me like a doormat, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so they, they have their own issues, and they have stuff going on, and I think they were hurt growing up also. They have traumas and maybe personality disorder issues or whatever. That's just because that's just I, I have it, and I can see kind of the same traits in, in them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they listen to this at all, i do not going to really tell them about it. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if they stumble upon it, I... Well, you're but not
2: saying mostly, that they do. You're just acknowledging they have there's possibilities for them to have gone through many things. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right? they do. Yeah. But
2: um many things that we're not aware of.
0: Exactly. That I'm I'm not aware of yeah. either. So, yeah. um I've never liked religion. They like to force my sister is like hardcore Catholic and mm-hmm. my brother is born again Christian and mm-hmm. and to them they say that that's very helpful. I Somehow, don't see how it's Mm -hmm. helpful in their lives, but maybe it is. But I, I don't like it. I've never liked religion. I and um, I think
2: enough people benefit from it. We have to acknowledge there's some kind of benefit, even though there's a whole downside to it. Yeah, a huge downside. And trust me, I want to write that shit off every day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but the
2: reality is the reality,
0: right? Well, yeah, especially now. I mean, there's a really kind of. Sickness to it, I Oof. think. But, sure,
2: seems like it. Yep. But but we but still don't want to take it away from people it works work. No. With, right. No, yeah. I
0: I have no problem with. T- on a personal level, I've never liked it. I yeah. just don't like the conformity of it, and mm-hmm. do as I do this, or you're mm-hmm. going to hell. And it's yeah. like you know, God fearing. I don't. I don't fear God. You no. know. It's, you no, know whatever. whatever. Yeah. But I guess for. In early recovery, I mean, I think the wrongs that I did in my family that I can see pretty clear is uh, I know I've always had issue, and I maybe maybe could have explained that more of that stuff in my earlier recovery, and maybe let them know mm-hmm. in a in an intentional way, but not hurtful way, this is the way I need to be treated, mm-hmm. even without knowing the extra baggage of the, yeah. you know, the extra stuff that I know about now, but, and, uh, the acceptance that, okay, acceptance means that it's not all good, mm-hmm. you know, that I, it's, it's a situation. I think I wanted more of, I wanted I have a hard time with the essence of family, but I wanted a connection with my family that happened periodically but mm. wasn't consistent. And I think I think one when, when our father died, I mean, that was you know, that my mom died when I was like fifteen. Mm. And um, I didn't know her very well or they knew her and yeah. you know, that was that was It was shitty, you know, that Mm -hmm. she died, and she had an illness, and that affected us all, right? And she, I think, was crazy glue in our family, Mm -hmm. right? But I I didn't have that. When our dad died, I mean, it was was a bit crazy, um, but as things happen in our family, it's hard for us to deal together. Mm And, uh, the situation with my brother having Alzheimer's, it's, that's, it's, it's, it's a mindfuck, right? Because he was, he was a strong force in our family and he's a lot like our dad and it's a, it's a twisted thing. I mean, um, for myself, he was the one, like we had our conflicts and the thing with, Mm. between me and Martin was when we had our problems, we, had it out with each other like not physically or anything but like Mm. we you know fuck you fuck you and all this shit you know it's like Mm. you're a fucking asshole yeah you're you know whatever Mm. we just kind of let it out and then we gave each other space and then we came back together Mm. again but I it was it's hard to do that now and it's been hard to I could only do that with him right Mm. so and I think that's the mistake that I made is like I people pleased and I didn't but I tried. I mean, I yeah. don't know. That there, that's there's, there's so much going on in in that family dynamic for mm-hmm. me. But I mean, even yesterday I was having. I I I, I force a situation sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, it's a it's a part of it's part of the illness part of mm-hmm. me, right? It's like a, like a, I think the borderline part of it. Well I looked it it's up. Pretty this symptomatic. Morning. I looked it up this yeah. morning where it's just like, I, I, I'm hugely triggered when people are accusing me of something that I mm-hmm. didn't do, and then everyone believes it, right? It's just, mm-hmm. so I I tried to change a relationship with with uh, my my sister and my brother, and uh, when I learned more, learned more about boundaries and exactly what they mean, I tried to share them with them, which wasn't good. And so it's like so.
2: But you're trying.
0: <laughs> I was like, these are my boundaries. This is what I want you to do, and they're yeah. like, mm-hmm. "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah, not yeah. not exactly. But there's yeah. like, what do you mean? You know, yeah. we can do whatever we want. You know, we we love you. This is how we love you. It's mm. like, oh, I don't like it. Stop it. You know, mm. but um, family's tricky. Family is tricky. Yeah.
2: Um, People we have the most history with.
0: Yeah. Most of the time. And it's, other, uh, other friends of mine, uh, other friends that I, that I'm pretty close to, um, that also has issues with their family. Um, it's hard to bring it out. Cause like I've, I've brought it out on occasion in meetings, but sometimes it's hard to talk about it. Like, especially mm-hmm. there's like people that know my family. So it's like, yeah. I don't, I don't care so much. Mm-hmm. But also don't want to disrespect in any way. But, but. Um, Sorry, my
2: pocket was vibrating. I had to take that. Uh, no there.
0: problem. <laughs> I get a little stuck. But it's okay,
2: uh, you're doing great. Do you want to go back to the message you want to leave for people?
0: Yeah, just the people pleasing that. Yeah. I think, in family, for myself, I. I was like the message is like, I mean, it's. I think learn.
1: Mm -hmm. All that a
0: person can, you know, I mean, especially if a person knows that there's deeper issues, um, like, you know, the symptom of a deeper issue, if you, if a person knows that there's a deeper issue there, definitely learn about that. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the combination of therapy and Although there's there's many people that talk bad about therapy in AA, you know, and and there's lots of people that don't do the emotional sobriety work. Mm-hmm. That either there's a lot there and they don't want to look at it, and they 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 say a lot of shit like the bleeding deacon people. Mm-hmm. Like,
2: well, and the truth you know? is, we we also have to consider the fact that some of them are perfectly happy that way, True, right? But Which we we might not be able to see how, but they are.
0: Yeah, right? and again, I guess
2: doesn't make them I, less dicks it just means that they're comfortable being well, dicks
0: and you know actually I was I was kind of thinking about it every once in a while ago to <laughs> to one of the harder core meetings right and I try not to be offended and when I when I am offended I ask myself a series of questions It's yeah. like why am I offended what are what is it about what these people are saying why is it affecting me and and sometimes I get to why you know I'm I'm exposed I have an expectation. Of Sometimes it's
2: a quick why, they're now, bigots. Some, some <laughs> right? people are
0: real jerks, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you'll find the same kind of people in AA as you will outside. Exactly. I'll call it what it
2: is though, right? Like It's like, if no matter who, where you are from or where, who you are, a bigot is a bigot. So mm-hmm. it's it's up to us individually to unwrap our own bigotry and our own biases,
0: right? Oh, this
2: is true yeah but I think what you're pointing out is that lots of people don't and so even though they might stay sober and it's hard for myself maybe yourself to watch that um, what I always remind myself is just like you did like just like you said it's just like go back to the person I can take care of right myself yeah. my feelings about this are irrelevant because it's other people's business not mine right like
0: exactly yeah exactly um the
2: that's one of my favorite things about that program specifically, is that it's literally almost around us all the time, where it's like, take your own fucking inventory. Yeah, Leave yeah. me alone,
0: right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, I was, before coming here, I, I don't know, I t- TV is sometimes my drug, but like yeah. if I'm, I need a, like a, dis- a quick distraction when I don't want to do everything else, it'll take me away from paying attention to the time, but... Mm-hmm. I was listening to a thing on Stoicism. It's like, oh, you know, like, oh, that's that's pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's really similar to AA and what I'm all about, anyway. So I mean, all of these things good, are connected. Good reminders. Yeah. But the just the aha moments. Anything that gets a person to an aha moment. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in my early recovery, I, I worked the steps with my sponsor. We went through the book, and then I did the like traditions and stuff like that. And then I closed the book and I didn't, I didn't fucking look at it for like mm-hmm. three or four, five years of my recovery. And, but I kind of dove into the self-help books because there's just other stuff that I wanted to know. But yeah. so every book that I read reminded me of the Alcoholics Anonymous mm-hmm. big book or something that I learned yeah. in, in rehab and stuff. So it's like,
2: it's, it's amazing how... Because once your brain looks for similarities instead of differences, that's what you see. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's and and these things are all connected. These, these theories, these, as you call the cognitive uh, design for living, mm-hmm. right? These things are all connected. And for us to think that we have to separate them to like do better, I think is like part of our problem, right? Yeah. We want to have one answer as opposed to provide people with as many as they need.
1: Right? Well, yeah.
2: Because there's way more than one answer.
0: Exactly. And I, it's, it's actually really cool that you say that because I mean, I, I think that also like with people like, oh, you know, there's many opportunities to learn, you know, and everyone has their experience and their perspective. And, and then while I'm uh, trying to convince my nephew and niece, it's like, no, I didn't do this to your, to your mother, my sister, you know, that Mm. I, this is my side, you know, it's like, oh, okay, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Trying to unintentional unintentionally like but I can see where my focus on the lives of someone else of people that I, I care about but mm-hmm. like and I can see maybe a disconnect there but it's not up to me to see it for them no nope. and of course I can't see it for them and it's like look, this is what you're missing. if mm-hmm. you only get this then eh, everything will be better it's like which is an expectation or a justification mm-hmm. or. I don't know if it's a justification, but definitely...
2: It can certainly be a justification for people to intrude on other people's lives. Right? Yeah. They say things like, oh, I just, I was very concerned. Okay, I understand that. But just because I'm concerned about someone doesn't mean I get to kick their door down.
0: No. (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) Right? Whether it be physically or emotionally. Kick the door.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know, it's... It's a complicated situation. It is. Like you already said in families, and it's...
2: Well, in recovery, recovery is just life amplified for us because we put more importance on doing well. Because we know that the the better we do for ourselves and for others, the better we'll feel. Mm -hmm. Right? So there's already that pressure. Yeah. Just to be like sober, it should be enough. Like in my mind, it should absolutely be enough for anybody. Who yeah. struggles with chemical dependency? Just being clean and sober. Exactly. And if that's not what you're looking for, that's okay too, right? Yeah. Because if recovery looks like harm reduction, that's okay too, right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And um, and
2: and really, the 12 steps fellowships that I've been around—they're all harm reduction based anyway. None of them kick you out. No. Because that's not—they're—they're they're based to be there for safety, I,
0: I right? Feel that I, it's cool that you say that. It,
2: Sorry, I feel I'm, the I, same. Yeah. I I think Darcy kicked my uh, soapbox back in here so I started getting up on it. I,
0: I <laughs> I'm a huge supporter of, of harm reduction. Right. I, mean, on. I I know that there's conflict between 12 yep. step and and that and but well, I mean the desire to right? to quit drinking or the desire for recovery. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, some people need a little extra time to get there. Why not give them the information?
2: Well, I don't know about you, but I've been to lots of meetings where somebody has come in drunk and not one person's got enough to ask them to leave, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason we don't ask them to leave is because they belong there just like us, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. They are just us. And for that's where I'm like, I know you mentioned it, there's this conflict between these two sides. Theoretically, it's a conflict. Yep. Practically, it's not because no. practically they're all the same, right? It's all harm reduction. You're not going to kick somebody out of a 12-step room for relapsing any more than like other programs will do that right yep. now treatment centers are different right but that's because they're not the same they're, they're supposed to be different they're supposed to they have different rules they have different things going on like you know um, when treatment centers have dances and stuff and some people get concerned that there's pictures and I'm like you're on their property mm-hmm. they can take pictures of you all they want and secondly they're not AA they're not NA, they're not CA, they're not any of that stuff. They're totally unrelated, even if they're based in the foundationing principles of those programs. They're still completely separate, yeah. right? What, what, and I think that's great. Like, we need to have the separation. And thankfully, some of those treatment centers are starting to adapt to the real world, right? Where it's like, you don't want to shift can someone just because they've relapsed. No. If we really understand each other, which I think we do, we understand the possibility of one of us going back to drinking is pretty high, mm-hmm. right? right? Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it's pretty high, right? Based on the fact of us both identifying as alcoholics, right? Yeah. That increases our chance of drinking again, right? Yeah. Um, and so for us to say, for me to say, well, I wouldn't talk to Liz. I wouldn't like hang out with Liz. That's bullshit, right? Because I would, first of all. Yeah. Um, but that would be cutting you off at your feet, potentially. Because our relationship might be vital,
0: yeah. Not if just I, for if you. I, if I relapsed, you mean? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, or if I did, the other side of things, right? Yeah. Like because either one of us is just e- as equally capable of It's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Right. Um, but but that, we wouldn't that. Do that exists, though. Of right? course like, it does.
0: Um, yeah. I've had a sponsor that said it was like, well, you know, you're dabbling pretty close. You know, like because mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go to bars and play pool or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean. Life doesn't stop just because I quit drinking, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh well, if you relapse, then we're done. And it's like, mm. what do you mean we're done? <laughs> like, what does that
2: mean? Interesting. But. And that's control,
0: right? It's they say it's safety for them, mm-hmm. but I see where it's control too. Well, right. And
2: but there's I, and I'm not taking away the fact that it's safe for them because they're probably right, mm-hmm. but even that is for control. Like, make me safe. you you need to make me safe. So if you don't make me safe, you're out, yeah. right? And that's fair. Maybe maybe they've encountered several people who, when they've stuck around after they've relapsed, it didn't go well. So eventually we learn, right? And we're like, okay, that's my new boundary. Yeah. Which is totally fair. But I, I just find that pretty harsh.
0: Similar to when, say, I've heard various things when... Um um, I'm actually you,
2: sure I've said those harsh things in my in my past.
0: Could so. have, like I mean, we have our terrible twos and
2: oh, we go. Through, there's a process for sure, or whatever. Yeah, and you know, the asshole recovery. fives. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm a giant dick at five and six. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to seven. I'm a bigger asshole than I thought I could be. <laughs>
0: of course, yeah. Oh yeah, like uh, yeah. like I was, I was going to like. NA and, A- and AA, it's like, oh, let's recruit the addicts to NA, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, Fuck, that was stupid. But it's like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's part of Welcome. the process.
0: Welcome to it. Uh-huh. Well,
2: because eventually, like at some point, we have to encounter that part of our ego that says, this will work for everyone.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? And when we encounter it at first, it's kind of like, yeah, you're right, it will work for everyone. It worked for me, why couldn't it work for everybody else? Mm-hmm. But the difference in all of us is sometimes monumental right our differences so right. it, it's not, not that we're different as a species but we're just different individuals yeah. like and any i've always when i've encountered things like religion or um, any sort of like offset cognitive guide for living any of those things uh, only, the they only they only work in so far as people like are able to connect with them right like if you're not able to connect with say a higher power the programs are absolutely could be detrimental to you. Like it could be the absolute opposite of what happened to me, right? Um, but that's because when I came in I thought there I thought maybe I had this idea of what God might be because I grew up in the church, right? Oh yeah. And then as that was taken away from me because I started to see reality, right? Mm. And that doesn't mean that I don't think it's real for people. I think it's very real for people. My parents, very real for them. They lived as close as they could to what they thought Christ would do, right? I can't begrudge anybody for that that's a path that people take but they also weren't fucking murdering people so, mm. and they weren't molesting babies oh, right? Yes. and so those things weren't occurring and that, that gave me an opportunity to see maybe a different side to that whole dogma stone, right? you turn it around, there are people who do try to practice Yeah. Right? Um, the trouble is we don't hear about them on the news because people think it's bullshit so instead we focus on the other stuff that yeah, is very yeah. tangible, right? Yeah. Like the, the harm that it causes. Those things are very tangible. And obviously, if we look in our society today, it's very real, right? Like the r- religious persecution is very real on this planet, right? Um, for whatever angle you want to take, it's still very real. Mm-hmm. Like people are being persecuted for what they believe, right? And for the colors of their skin. Yeah. You know? Uh, and of course, for what, who they sleep with, who they fall in love with. Like these things are still very real.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I Yeah, I uh,
2: Sorry. I I went off on a tangent. No, now, it's fine. It's yeah. fine.
0: I I relate and think a lot in the same mm-hmm. ways, right? I mean uh, I mean I don't care what religion anyone is. I mean, who who has the right to criticize someone else's life for mm-hmm. like I listen to so in like fact-finding, yeah, unfortunately I have to listen to both sides, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and of course. what facts support other facts and whatever. So when I listen to even like family or, um, I f- my family is very conservative.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so conservativeness is evolving into something really horrible, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Some sort of like white supremacy, weird, yeah, weird stuff, man. Yeah, weird exactly.
0: Shit. Yeah, it's not like I've never really liked it, but I mean, not yeah. as it's it's being it's being nasty, yeah. but um, it's
2: just getting nastier. I just lost the train of my thought. Oh, sorry. No,
0: that's okay. Um, but when I when I listen to see the, all these people, they're like derogatorily. Is that even a word? Derogatorily? Derogatory. Derogatory?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Talking horrible about other people's lives, mm-hmm. and they're not—they're not living those people's lives. So no. I mean, how I like to learn about um, how I how I like to learn about people, friends, places, things situations going on is like i like to get all the information like i said Mm -hmm. earlier i'm like an information seeker Mm -hmm. um so i i like to listen to people's lived experience versus to Mm -hmm. someone pointing the finger at somebody Mm -hmm. saying how wrong and horrible they are right i mean i've always i mean i i remember when i was a young kid Hanging out downtown Calgary when Mm -hmm. it was a lot scarier than it is now, maybe. But I mean,
2: I I think it's pretty scary now. It's just that we're bigger now, so I we're bigger. I'm not as
0: afraid. I don't think. I mean, like I I hear horrible. I don't. I'm not afraid of people. Mm. Of addicts using on the street or whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm not afraid of them, so well, maybe makes, it's that, a different kind of fear, I guess.
2: That that makes it so much easier for us though, right? when we're not afraid of yeah, those things. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I don't know why I bring this up, but just because it's a thing now that it's like I I remember seeing a drag queen on the on Eighth Avenue one time, and I was like, I knew I knew which, not what. Okay, not I aware she was a drag queen. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, had really tall boots and just walking with somebody talking. And I was, like, this, like, um, had my, you know, dock boots and whatever and just hanging out, waiting for the arcade to open or whatever when we had arcades and stuff. Mm-hmm. kind of older, right? So, um, and this, this person needed a light. And it's like, oh, I have a light. And so they commented me on my boots and it's like, you know, hey... Mm-hmm thanks a lot. And I forget the conversation, but it's just like, I just really admired that person, Mm -hmm. just who they were, just walking around, being themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's cool. You know? Yeah. And then, so I've always like, I've always liked people who had the courage to be themselves no matter what somebody said. And now, now that I've kind of dove into Identity in a different way. It's mm-hmm. like I, I understand now why that kind of yeah, that that why I uh, like attracted to people like that, right? Mm-hmm. So But to listen to somebody talk so horribly about someone else's life That they don't even know
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's a red flag to me and yeah. you know and sometimes I see that in AA and whatever and that's mm-hmm. Whatever, I mean, if it's something that's pissing me off, it's not it's not unlike me to go up to that person mm-hmm. and say or ask. It's yeah. like what's why are you talking like that? Ask for clarification. Don't, yeah. don't go there or whatever. Yeah. AA doesn't do this or whatever. I mean, um on occasion if someone's talking about an outside issue. And I'm feeling whatever I'm feeling. I'll when I'm share when I share. I've been asked just like, hey, this is an outside issue. Mm-hmm. Don't go there. But right. then I've been the one to even talk positive about an outside issue. That's mm-hmm. not right either, right? So
2: well, I think what you pointed out is not about. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I think it's human, right? Is that what we do? Is we become very like engrossed in, um, in like these tiny little minor hypocrisies day to day, where we're like we give. We don't give other people the leeway we want to give ourselves, right? Or that we naturally give ourselves. So we 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 try to like I, my brain does this all the time. That's why I'm saying it. I say we because <laughs> yep. my brain does this shit. Like it, it's it's more a process of the tools that I've been given since being since sobering up that allow me to work through that in my
0: brain. Yeah, right? where
2: yep. where where I can work through it and be like, oh yeah, like I really don't like what that person said. I don't. I don't like the intent of it. Like I don't. And that like it, this is one of those things, it's probably a decent example, probably happens enough. People announce like treatment center functions in a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not supposed to happen. It's just not because they're not related to AA, right? So it's not supposed to happen, yeah. but we allow it to happen. So it's one of those things where it's like, if we allow it to happen, we can't get mad anymore, right? But some people still get mad and it's yeah. like, okay, I understand you're mad because you're right. I'm not telling you you're wrong. However... There are some things we, we can learn to be like, does it matter? Right? Mm-hmm. Does it matter? And the truth is, no. Like, maybe someone in that room needs to go to that dance. Maybe yeah. that's why it's being announced. I don't know, man. I don't want to stop people from what they need to get. Right? Yeah. And that's why I don't say anything. But I, under- I also, coming from the other side of it, understand why somebody would say something. Because it is, by the guidelines of those rooms, inappropriate yeah right it would be like me announcing my podcast in a meeting Mm -hmm. I don't I haven't I won't right and the reason all of those things will be true is because I know that it's an outside issue
0: exactly right yeah yeah.
2: but that's up to me that's my responsibility I don't think it's my responsibility to remind other people to do it right right but there are some people who will and I and we need them so we need you is what I'm saying Liz yeah no right we need people who are, are also okay to articulate Those those guidelines to people because I'm not the one who's going to do it. Yeah, I'm just being honest. Like I won't, because I don't like telling people what to do.
0: Well, it's (laughs) when it comes down to the traditions of of a of a fellowship. Yeah, it's group conscience. You know, so Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's right, if somebody at the group level, you know, people are announcing, um, I don't know, like a fresh start. You know, yeah. Dance or whatever, you know. And then.
2: Or maybe the topic is Thanksgiving.
0: Exactly. Right. Or Christmas. Or Christmas. Yeah, nope. Like, and that's a that's a wonderful um, point you make there because mm. I mean it that happens all the time during all the time because um, I mean they don't you don't necessarily have to be specific. You could say holiday.
2: Yeah. Or, it's interesting because like it happens all the time, and we allow it because it happens all the time, and also probably because enough people experience discomfort at those times of the year that we've allowed it, right? We've made that that adjustment. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you, I'm 100% yeah. with you, because it really yeah. is problematic for some folks, right? What happens if you lost your family and you're not able to see them? Nobody wants to talk about that fucking holiday, yeah. right? That's why we try to keep it to inside issues in those meetings. That, that right? makes total sense. I I don't want to traumatize somebody. That's yeah. why I'm not close my up. mind,
0: right? I mean, that's, right? that's cool. It's cool in how, yeah, not you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, I it's mean, outside issue, more think of like the government or something yep. rather than like uh, talking about Thanksgiving or Christmas. Or that's Christmas right. Christmas. That's how
2: we've adjusted. We've adjusted our social contract, right, in those mm-hmm. rooms to allow for this versus that. Which I'm okay with, don't get me wrong, I'm fine. Because yeah. I don't get traumatized by it. But who knows, maybe this year I will at Christmas, because it's the first Christmas without my dad, Oh, right? Yeah. But so, but that's why I wouldn't naturally want to bring it up, is because I would think about my own situation and be like, okay, even if my situation's really good and I have all my family alive and together, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to assume that you do. And so I don't. So I go in there, and my, see, this will be the same for me as, and people out there will probably think this is really weird, But it'd be the same as me asking or suggesting that a topic be child abuse, right? I would never suggest that for so many reasons, but that's because I look at it the same as a potentially the same as a holiday for someone, right? Is that like, what was your last Christmas like out there? Probably not fucking good. What was your first Christmas like? Maybe really fucking terrible. I'm just going to stay away from it. Because what we really need to talk about are other things, right? Mm But, I also, at the same time as saying that, I recognize some people probably need to talk about it, right?
0: Yeah.
2: And if that's a safe place for them, I also want to foster that, safe, that safety for them,
0: hmm.
2: right? But it's tricky.
0: That is, yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. Anyway, you, uh, I started babbling there.
0: No, that's cool. No, it's, it's fine. I, it's
2: a good one. What time are we at, bro? Uh, about an hour and
0: 40.
2: Ooh. Oh,
0: shit.
2: Yeah, you were worried, my friend. <laughs> We will we'll wrap it up there unless there's anything else you want to talk about.
0: Uh, no, I don't. I That's like overall, my recovery has been has been really good. I think. Mm. I mean, anybody that knows me or familiar with me, it's like I'm I'm pretty raw and truthful at at meeting, mm-hmm. and for me, it's important to do that. Yeah. Um, but I I don't think I would have gotten the gifts of life without recovery, uh, mm-hmm. without 12 step recovery and therapy medication yep. and, um, just
2: like a gamut uh, of things that you do getting
0: to know myself mm-hmm. in and in a way, especially within the last year or so. Um, I, I, I never would have been able to, I would have died out there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I would have without, my the privilege I have, I would I would be one of these people on the street, right? Yep. So I mean, same here. I'm going through a lot of shit, and I'm doing my best to dig through trauma, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm just really trying to learn about life and um, everyone else too. Yeah. Um, connect with my identity, which is mm-hmm. a new thing for me, and yeah. uh, which I'm incredibly. I don't know. It's, it's freedom in a way. It's, um, I love my family. I mm-hmm. have a hard time with them. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love them, but we're different in a lot of ways. Hopefully we can come together at some point, but, um, that'll be, that'll be for another time, I guess. Yeah. But I don't blame them for anything. Um, you know, but I, I value my friends.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, my friends like you, we don't know each other mm. very well, but you're you a very wonderful person. And, uh, thank
2: you. Um, I think the same about you. Yeah, I think you're pretty amazing.
0: I'm, uh, I'm interested in, uh, finding my, my, com- my community, whoever they are, right? Mm. And I mean, um, through my struggle, I've found a place within myself where I can, I can be good to other people. Mm -hmm. I can recognize where they're at, and I I do my best to save space for whoever needs to have some space,
2: right? Mm -hmm.
1: So, so yeah. Right on. Thank you very much, Liz.
2: Appreciate you.